Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Literature Cornerstone. We are your hosts, Cynthia and Amy. Today we'll be talking about the two plays, Macbeth um, by William Shakespeare and Oedipus by Sophocles, and how they compare to The Lightning Rod Man, a short story by Herman Melville. Um, Amy, do you want to summarize The Lightning Rod Man for us? Sure. In The Lightning Rod Man, the narrator, who lives in the mountains, was really fascinated by a thunderstorm until he hears a knock on the front door from a stranger who turns out to be a lightning rod salesman. So the man comes in and says that the thunderstorm is awful. The narrator suspects that he is Jupiter Tonins, a god of thunder, and seeing the salesman is all wet, the narrator offers him to stand beside the hearth. But the man insists that they stand where he is standing instead, which is in the middle of the room. He explains that if you stand beside the fireplace, it is a great conductor of lightning, so it is safer if they stand in the middle of the room. And then the stranger confesses that he is selling lightning rods. He tries to persuade the narrator into buying one, but the narrator refutes him and explains his faith towards God. In the end, the lightning rod man tries to attack him, but the narrator defends himself and kicked him out of the house. Yay, great um, summary. In my opinion, all three stories all have their um, unique plot, so that's what makes them great. And in this podcast, be sure to look out for Amy and I's interpretations of the similar themes, the language that the stories share among each other, as well as how we will like inspect, I guess, Faye versus Free Will and the narrator versus the lightning rod man, and how they are connected to Macbeth and Oedipus. Yes, let's first analyze a short story. So, what do you think is Melville's trying to convey in The Lightning Rod Man? Well, um, I personally see, like, you know, he's, like, delivering an, uh, universal fact that we will use others' weaknesses. In this case, um, the narrator's fear of lightning and death for our own benefit. Um, and his benefit is, like, you know, selling lightning rods. But, um, so the lightning rod man, uh, utilizes his scientific explanations to create fear. Um, but like he, while he wishes that the narrator is convinced by him, he actually does not because we learned that he has, uh, the narrator has a deeply rooted connection with God, faith, and the spiritual world. Uh, I guess another factor that leads to how he like rejects the lightning rods are the lightning rod man's insults of the narrator's ignorance. I found that really funny as well as the comparison in you know the magnitude of these two things, the destructiveness as of a lightning bolt compared to you know just a small metal rod to just avoid that devastating power. Yeah, and that reminds me of another side I think Melville is trying to convey. It seems to me that there is nothing that could be restricting one from their own life other than what they believe in themselves. So for the lightning rod man, is trying to force his reasoning into the narrator to fulfill his purpose of selling the lightning rod. However, for the narrator, he can choose to give in to what he says or stick to his own belief. It is really up to him to decide his fate. As for Macbeth and Oedipus, it may seem that the prophecies are leading their way in life, but that really depends on what they think about prophecies. They can be completely indifferent to prophecies and live their own life, which they aren't, of course. So what I'm trying to say here is that there's nothing that can control one 
unless they are willing to give into it. So in this case, the prophecies. And it makes them seem like they can't dictate their own lives. Oh yeah, I see. Um, so I guess it depends on whose perspective we are viewing from, because each character has their own decisions to be made, and um, they have to, you know, weigh them, and each contain their own possibilities, but also flaws. Yeah, and on the side note, I found Oedipus and Lightning Rod Man to be easier to comprehend than Macbeth, which is like in another language. <laughs> oh yeah, I still found it hard to like under you know on in the Lightning Rod Man to understand the religious and mythical references. Yeah, me too. Remember there are parts that mentioned Mr. Jupiter Tonin's Big Elm and other religious references. Yeah, um, but like if you look at it from a macro scale, um. These like references, they I guess they're really like um, intended to be made because they're really just stylistic choices that maybe the author tried to insinuate the fact that the narrator largely gives his fate to God. Yeah, moving on. Do we have anything to share regarding the difference between the narrator and the lightning round man? Because I feel like there's a pretty great contrast between these two characters. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the narrator appreciates nature so much. Uh, also, he has like a strong emotional tie with the spiritual world, whereas the lightning rod man, he really just... I don't know, he thinks that science can like, you know, disrupt patterns in nature, so he believes in the product he sells. Maybe that's why, because like, you know, maybe it's because of his title as a seller, he has to do so. Um, and he, therefore he's like using science to utilize his like knowledge against the buyer, hoping to use his, like the buyer's ignorance as a vulnerability, but he fails to do so. So this makes me like connect back to like Jocasta because uh, she is um, the female figure like presented as the logical mediator between two sides but the difference is that um, she's like the mediator but in The Lightning Rod Man we only see two characters so there are just opposing sides. Also like I mean Jocasta doesn't have, have any incentive to be the mediator unlike you know the seller. Yeah. And so during the thunderstorm, the narrator felt warmth and relaxation while the lightning rod man finds discomfort. Or maybe that's his reason in selling his lightning rod. The narrator is really taken back as well when the salesman tells him his disapproval for nature, like he can't believe anyone can hate something that he finds such appreciation in. Yeah, speaking of that, um, another thing that the narrator dislikes is the fact, I guess, that the salesman puts faith uh, in his lightning rods because his belief of belief of faith is really different from uh, the narrator's belief of faith. Uh, and using a lightning rod uh, to avoid nature is considered for him, I mean, just a sin since he fully gives his in his life to God, supernatural powers, and you know, the predestined fate. Yeah, so I have an example from the text and it goes, the hairs of our heads are numbered, the days of our lives, and thunder as in sunshine, I stand at ease in the hands of my God. So this kind of explains how the narrator believes in the spiritual truth that he will die one day and he is willing to give his fate and his time of death to the power of God. And he doesn't really need a lightning rod to help him escape any possible deaths. Oh, 
so what you're saying is that the narrator maybe also believes in a predestined fate like Macbeth I I mean like uh, for Macbeth he's just totally into whatever the witches foresee so he in the story he's willing to take risks to change others lives if they seem to prevent his fate from happening also he like tries so hard to keep his fate under control so like the first time he does it by killing duncan but after he finishes his you know wrongdoing he cannot stop from doing it again i guess that's like how like evilness really can like you know make someone addicted to doing that and also like um he's also blinded from the truth i guess like oedipus because without the prophecies coming true he really has nothing to live for and at last we just see like his indifference for life in general since previously he lived to um fulfill his fate so i guess it's really pitiful that he does that Mm -hmm. and for oedipus he also believes in fate i mean that's why he spent all his life trying to escape that fate is because he's scared that it will actually come true and in calling Tiresias a false prophet Oedipus shows his willingness to fight against any prophecy that he disagrees with or maybe he's scared of and which leads to the subject of pride that we will touch upon later. So Jocasta's secular beliefs are like a way he's trying to use to blind himself from the truth. So he's really trying really hard to brainwash himself in thinking that he isn't the murder of Laius and that the prophecies will not come true. However, the difference with the lightning rod man and the narrator is that the narrator seems to be religious but in a different way than how Macbeth and Oedipus views fate. They all accept fate, but then the narrator in The Lightning Rod Man did not let it bother him from living his life while the other two characters, they're relying on their predetermined fate. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I picked out a few quotes here we can discuss. Um, remember there was one in Oedipus on, um, quick thoughts are seldom safest. Uh, this I guess just means that you have to really think before you speak because you never know who you might offend. This. Um, first, this applies to Oedipus, obviously. He was so impulsive and self-indulgent. He literally just spoke directly to Tiresias to question um, his professionality <laughs> and to, you know, to say whether he was biased. I mean, this is just built off of his existing arrogance from, you know, being the glorified ruler of that country. Yeah, especially for the lightning rod man. Imagine a stranger barging in in the middle of you appreciating nature, the thunderstorm, I mean, and calling you horribly ignorant and grossly ignorant. And he actually just turned into a tyrannical figure like Macbeth, the last scene described as the scowl grew blacker on his face, the indigo circles enlarged around his eyes as a storm rings around the midnight moon. He sprang upon me, his triforce thing at my heart. It is pretty interesting to see how all these three stories describes the process of how the irrationality of a person drives them to commit murder. <laughs> I know, right? As we said earlier, all of the moral actions, whether it, it is like the behavior or thoughts, they're all based on just too much hubris. They all share, I mean, this quality. Um, which brings up the other quote I prepared, which was a pride breeds a tyrant. I mean, 
this is a quote we've analyzed before and this shows that like you know one who carries so much pride uh believe that they're never wrong so you know if one um if a like a king who is prideful is ruling he is so likely to become a tyrant because he just blocks everyone else's opinions out of his sight um on the same note um i would say that it's also uh arguable that oedipus's downfall is just not about his predestined fate he is subject to innately it's also from his um like you know his own blindness towards the world because had him he been more like humble and more open-minded would his fate change yeah similarly in macbeth both macbeth and lady macbeth wanted to be powerful so they sacrificed their morals to achieve that goal by contrasting these two characters with banquo duncan and macduff who also wants to be great leaders but refuse to allow ambition to come before their honor or morals macbeth shows how ambition ultimately takes over his entire person yeah um so the lightning ramen is also very self-possessed i would add because while reading i could really feel that he he speaks with the vagueish condescending tone um like for example excuse me but instead of my accepting your invitation to be seated on the hearth there i solemnly warn you that you had best accept mine <laughs> i mean who speaks like that like that really gives me off like you know a feeling to of dislike but i guess the fortunate thing compared to oedipus and macbeth is that we don't know his fate at the end how he will end up because both um them of them were like either banished or like killed um but for the lightning rod man we just knew that he left the house without selling anything uh and <laughs> i hope that he, maybe the lightning rod doesn't work on the man someday <laughs> yeah i agree the lightning rod man oedipus and macbeth They all suffer from fate, not only because of the nature of the universe, but also their personal flaws. I mean, and this relates back to what I said in the beginning about how everyone is dictating their own lives, no matter how restricted they may seem. Yeah. Um. To wrap it up, I think we've made some good points today in comparing, contrasting the three texts. Yeah. All the characters. shows pride which results in different outcomes depending on their unique character flaws. Yeah, and also the idea of like fate versus free will is also incorporated into all three as we like discuss on the motivation behind their acts and their incentives for doing so. All right, that's all we have for today. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Literature Cornerstone and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.